have a terrific guest with me today that, that I just, she does two very different jobs. She is the executive director for something called the Whole Truth Project that we're going to talk about. She's also the executive producer for something that's so fascinating to me being from Chicago. It's called Case File Chicago. So we're going to talk about both those things today. Lisa, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Betsy. I'm so excited. This is like been one of my dreams. If that's so you are involved in yeah. so many things. So let's first talk about the whole truth project. Now that you have this amazing presence, this amazing social media presence, and you are very involved in something called Thank a Police Officer Day, which is uh, every uh, in uh, every September. So right. talk about what's the whole truth project and what's behind it. Okay, so the Whole Truth Project was started in 2012 by Mr. Andrew Hale. Andy uh, is a lawyer in Chicago. He has a huge firm right downtown in the Loop. His job was to um, to represent police officers that were sued civilly in lawsuits. Okay, we know how those can go. So he, after going through so many cases, what he thought was, you know, this is a thankless job. It really is. So this is, it's actually kind of funny, Betsy, because he was like, what if I just make up a day? What would happen? And he did. And he was like the third, uh, the third Thursday of every September is going to be think of police officer day. And it took off like wildfire. It's crazy. It is now in every single state. We've even gotten um, people from all over the world. Hey, should we make it international? I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's, that's not a bad idea because I'm sure that our brothers and sisters in blue are probably going through the same things that we are here. Right. And that's the thing. I remember when it started and, you know, I was asking different cops I knew, you know, what do you think about this? And their cops are pretty um, self-effacing, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know, do we need a day? But then I know everybody appreciated it. And then I, I know with um, police departments where I live and my own police department, you know, then of course people started bringing cards and cookies and and it was, it was so terrific. You know, it was just such a heartening thing. And you guys have kept it going um, all this time, haven't you? We have, but it, it hasn't been um, so much on us as, I mean, absolutely, we lead it from Chicago. However, we've got regional coordinators all over the country that really take the rain on this project and just take it all over the place. So that's why we've grown so rapidly is that people really have grabbed onto this project and they've taken off with it. And we support that. Now, how does somebody get involved in Thank a Police Officer Day, whether it's um, this year or uh, in the future? How do they get involved? We like to have people at least let us know their ideas on the Whole Truth Project page. Um, and you might not even be a fan on our page, but still know about Thank a Police Officer Day, and, and that's fine. We love it. As long as that message is getting out, that's what we want. So we found that uh, subsets have really taken over and really made this thing grow on their own. And then we find out about it because we're seeing the shares or we're, we're being tagged or people just simply putting it out there on the net and we just happen to stumble across it. Now, the Whole Truth Project page on Facebook has tens of thousands of followers. I love it. But I remember, and I think this was back before you were involved, back in 2014, after the Michael Brown shooting in, in Ferguson, um, there was a big social media protest, more on Twitter than on Facebook, 
about thank a police officer day that that you know and they were falsely claiming that nobody should be thanking a, a police officer and yet the whole truth project really weathered that storm and continued to grow didn't you guys yeah, you know, and that that goes to the fact of us being connected to the thin blue line. Although it's it's an invisible line, uh, sometimes a fictitious line, it doesn't break. And so we have to continue holding on to the line, as they say, with um, our brothers and sisters in blue. It's just, you know, we're going to weather things. And you know this, Betsy, things are just getting worse. It's not getting easier. People don't want to do this job anymore. They say it's thankless. Um, they're being rude. They're being mistreated. And some of them are actually being set up for failure. So, you know, we just have to hang in there with them. And that's, I think everybody's doing the best we can. What helps us do that is the support of people like you guys, the National Association of Police stepping up and helping us. I mean, if we didn't have organizations like yours, you know, I think that we would really start to wander a little. So it's nice to have big organizations like yours to keep us grounded and keep us inclusive of everything. Well, and that's the thing with the, one of the things the National Police Association does is we do polling to ask um, voters and, and people in the communities, you know, what they think about the police, what do they think about defunding the police. And of course, we're finding that most people appreciate the police. Most people don't want their police department defunded. In fact, they, they want their police department to have more funding, um, more resources. And uh, our recent polling is finding out that 90% of respondents are worried about the crime in this country going up. And the only people that are gonna help bring that crime rate back down are who? American law enforcement, right? The people that our association and the Whole Truth Project are trying to support, right? 100% right. We are finding in the cities, major cities, and I'm going to use Chicago as an example because this is this is us. This is where we're at. So Chicago has seen a significant increase in crime. I mean, our homicide rates are out, you know, out the windows. Different crimes, violent crimes, it's, it's getting worse day by day. I'm finding that the crime rate has snowballed more so when they started talking about defunding the police. People were supporting it, uh, unfortunately. However, there is a large number of people who don't support it. And those seem to be the voices that are tend to not listen, that people are not listening to. Uh, we want to hear more of those voices. If I can, Betsy, I want to give you an example. Uh, recently, we lost uh, Officer Ella French, 29 years old. She just uh, celebrated her birthday recently, um, would have been 30. We found after her senseless murder, um, horrible murder, a uh, partner is critically injured and a third officer who was also involved and, and not hurt, unfortunately, we saw an increase in support for our law enforcement in Chicago. And that's huge because that really sends a powerful message. Well, and, and absolutely, because I think people are beginning to find out that defunding the police isn't really hurting the police who it hurts are the citizens and so you know when 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 you say well i'm going to defund the police all right so some officers quit we take officers out of uh community policing units things like that um there's less officers to investigate you know homicides and violent crime but the police officers are the ones who still want to work are working they're still getting paid but it's the crime victims and the, the people who want to be safe from violence, from gang activity, from drug activity, 
who now have less police officers and less proactive policing in those neighborhoods, right? We found out that detectives were being pulled off of their cases that needed to be solved to work some of the crimes, you know, in the city in different parts, just because they needed coverage. So now we're seeing that people are being pulled from what they should be doing and put into places well that should have never been missing manpower. What we want to see is everybody doing the part that they signed up for, right? Because this uh, crime rate is really high and we do have people that are suffering because, again, police officers are being pulled in all kinds of directions. One thing that we are seeing a lot of is uh, hi, I'm, I tried calling. Can somebody help me? This is on our Facebook page. Hi, can anybody help us? Um, my, my auto shop was burglarized. I tried to call the police, but they couldn't come. That's still a victim of a crime. Can you imagine right. as a small business owner, your place burglarized, you've, you spent your life, you spent your life savings to build something only to have it snatched away and there's no justice for you. It's ridiculous. Right. And it is. And it's sad, you know, and, and that we're seeing that in police departments all across the country where there's a large list of property crimes um, that police officers are, you know, police departments no longer able to respond to because of a, a lack of funding and a lack of manpower. Now, you know more about crime than your average uh, non-police officer, because in addition to your work with the Whole Truth Project, you're the executive producer for something called Case File Chicago. So you're pretty intimately involved um, in crime. And, and true crime um, is something everybody's fascinated about. Talk yeah. about your work with uh, Chicago, uh, uh, Case File Chicago. Case File started as a brainchild in Cleveland. It then jumped to LA and Miami. And the founder said, you know what? Chicago's got a really big problem with homicide. Okay, lights on, right? So uh, I, I joined the team and started Case Files Chicago uh, in 2012, and it took off. I mean, it was something that the police departments unknowingly needed for so long. There's a lot of unsolved homicide cases, not just in Chicago, but the entire metropolitan area. So we were able to combine two markets, Chicago and Northwest Indiana, to try to get them the help they needed. The nice thing about the show is that we work hand in hand with the detectives. There is no um, interruption from us trying to give a storyline. There is none of that. And that's what makes us so unique that Case Files Chicago is the only TV show that's allowed to work in the homicide files with the Chicago Police Department. We're not looking for ratings, Betsy. We're simply trying to help solve cases. And by us really forming that pro-police partnership, it's really worked well, not just with the police departments, but we found the community has really stepped up hey, I think we can trust this TV show. I think Case File Chicago could be the, the median between us and the police department. And we've really been successful with that. So walk us through kind of a, a typical shoot from the time that you decide, how do you even decide what case to start with? When we get our cases, they either come from the detectives themselves 
or from the families. In order for us to even air the episode or touch it, we have to have the okay of the department, the detectives or whichever officers working on it, whatever entity, because we also do federal cases because we don't want to mess with the integrity of any cases. So what we do is family may come to us and say, you know, my son was murdered. I'd like to get on your show. Okay, let me have the basic details. We'll talk to the detective, see where it's at. 98% of the time, let's roll with it. And so we let um, the detective take the lead on giving the facts of the case. Again, we don't interrupt and say, but what about? It's just whatever information you need to give out, give out. If you have stuff you need to leave back, please leave it out. And that's where their part is. The family we do interview because we like to get the compassion piece of the case and people need to know that this was somebody's loved one. Then we do a reenactment, uh, which will go back to the scene of the crime. Our actors will come out and we try to get them that look, you know, just like whoever the victim was. If we know what the perp looked like, we'll try to get that as well. And then we'll do a walkthrough with the detective. He'll walk us through step by step pointing directions. This is where it happened. This is the street. This is where we found him in the gutter because we want to jog the memory of somebody who may have seen something. This is why we are intimate with the families because we really need them to trust not just in the process that we're doing, but also the law enforcement piece because a lot of people that come to us the cops didn't do anything. You know, my son's laying there and, you know, in the grave and nobody's doing a thing. I have no answers, but it takes some time for the families to understand that there's a process. And so we do play an important role in that. And also, I guess that's an educational piece to it too, because now they're learning the system that we've had this many times that the detective may have who, what, when, where, and why, but guess what, especially here in Chicago, when it gets to the prosecutor's desk, or the state's attorneys, it's all done. And so it really has been an eye-opener for families uh, wondering why their cases haven't been brought to justice. Just because the police arrest someone and just because a homicide detective brings a, a case to the prosecutor's office, um, in our case in, in Illinois, um, it's the state's attorney, doesn't mean that case is ever going to see the inside of a courtroom. And you, I mean, that must be so frustrating for those families. Obviously, you've heard these stories from families, right? Oh, absolutely. In fact, more recently, it was probably about a you know, month ago, we had a, a soldier who was killed while home visiting. He, you know, was just a good guy, wanted to serve his country. He was home for a visit and he was murdered. Good guy, no gang ties, no, no bad blood, no record. Detectives did their job. They got the guy's um, name, information, who did it, where, what, when, why. And then uh, we also got witnesses, which you know, Betsy, is wow, we really got some good witnesses to help. Yeah, that's unusual in Chicago. Right. So it was, uh, it was handed right over the, the state's attorney's office. And guess what? It still hasn't been charged. Why? Why hasn't it been charged? I think that I, I don't know how as a family, as a parent, especially how you would deal well with that. And it's very frustrating because, because most people don't really understand the system. They don't know how it works. You would think, gosh, if the police found out who murdered my son, how it happened, who the bad guy is, we have witnesses. You, you think You'd think that that guy would be in custody, in jail, awaiting trial, right? But that's not the case. That's not the case. And Betsy, you know this. You've seen our crime rates. You've seen our 
laws here. You know, we are horrible for having people murder people. And guess what? They're bailing out. There's no rooms in the jails. We ran out of ankle bracelets. Whatever the reason is, they're allowed to get back out in the streets and commit crimes over and over, which uh, again is, you know, horrific. And it's like putting salt in the wound worse than that. That's probably the least I can explain it. So you have a family who's lost a loved one to violence, knows who did it. And guess what? That guy or girl in this case is back out in the streets. Yeah, that's that's just amazing and 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 incredibly heartbreaking. And it's it doesn't just happen in Chicago, you know, it happens in LA and Baltimore and Portland and New York. That the you know the police do their job and yet it just sits on a prosecutor's desk, whether it's because of um we don't have enough prosecutors or there's um you know, something called procedural justice, where uh, the prosecutors in especially um, progressive areas like Cook County, Illinois, where we're talking about Chicago and LA County, um, they don't charge certain people with violent crime. And they just don't because, you know, because they say, well, these people had a tough life, whatever it is, that's something called procedural justice. And it's, 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 Taking people who have already been victimized as a family and it's re-victimizing them again is really what I believe. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I absolutely agree. It's, it's so hard. You know, I feel like, I feel like Chicago is almost producing serial killers because you talk about murdering one person, two people, it's double homicide. Now we're getting into three, four, because we're finding oh my gosh, this matches this thing, this matches that, you know, the case could be tied together. Those murderers are still out there. They're allowed to keep killing and doing whatever. So I, I don't sugarcoat it, Betsy, when I say I do believe that Chicago's producing serial killers. I got to ask you an opinion question because you're in the thick of this every day. We have had a gang problem in Chicago since I was in high school in the 70s. And we continue to have a gang problem in Chicago to this day. Do you have any thoughts on what is the answer to stopping gang violence in Chicago? Yes, I think the police need to have their hands untied and they need to do be able. I believe that the police need to have their hands untied and they should be able to do their jobs. Is it, I mean, isn't that why law enforcement was created, law and order? We also need the help of the feds. I mean, nobody's opposed to it except certain people, which we don't know why, they won't accept the help that's needed. And it is desperately needed. Not only is law enforcement asking for help, the people are asking for help. They're not even asking where at this point, Betsy, they're begging for help and we need that help. We really would like it if administration in the city of Chicago would listen to their constituents and do something. We do have a couple of, of uh good uh, um, city council members in Chicago yes. that do talk about these issues, but yes. it's become, and, and again, this is Chicago, it's all over the country, law and order, as you said, has just become horrifically politicized when it shouldn't. It should not be, this should not be a political issue. Politics should be totally out of it, and it should just be, we need to follow the law in our community, you know, it's illegal to, you know, if you're an illegal possessor of a firearm, 
um, and were you're caught with that firearm, you should spend some time in jail. If you use that firearm in the commission of a violent crime, you should go to prison for a long time. And of course, if you murder somebody, you should go to prison either for life or, you know, we don't have the death penalty anymore in Illinois, but, right. but it should be, it should be life altering for you as well, because what you have done as a murderer, as a violent criminal is, is unlawfully altered somebody else's life. I got to tell you, you do, you, you, you do so much incredible good. Where can people find out more about the whole truth project? And then where can they find out more about case files, Chicago? The Whole Truth Project, you can find us on Facebook. So it's The Whole Truth Project. Just type us in, you'll find us. And we are on uh, all the social media sites. So just, again, type that in for the search. Case File Chicago, you can also find on our social media sites. And we also have a YouTube channel where we have plenty of our episodes uploaded there. So that is someplace that if you are looking um, to maybe have your case featured in your in the Chicagoland area, please, by all means, check it out. Um, we'd love to look into it for you. We also, if I can add this into Betsy, this just happened um, out of everything on the Whole Truth Project. When things started and people started blaming the cops for everything, right? Well, it's the cops fault, you know, why wasn't he trained? We ended up with this great slogan that just caught fire. And these are all over the country. Don't blame the cops. I love it. Yeah, so we give these out. In fact, um, we had gotten some pictures from a New York police officer was murdered a few years back and they called us and said, hey, we've seen those on your site. You know, can we have a couple? We sent them thousands. And, you know, to be part of a police officer funeral, you know that feeling, Betsy. It's because we're all together like that and just a sea of blue. We really felt that we were there with them in New York. Wow, that is amazing. You are one busy woman and I cannot thank you enough. If you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.